Welcome on in another Locked on Syracuse podcast. We're here with you Thursday morning after Notre Dame takes down Cuse in South Bend. Ten-point win. We're going to discuss everything that happened from it, from Notre Dame dominating on the glass, Jimmy Beheim's season-high 27 points, Joe Girard playing like Sienna Joe yet again. I think I jinxed him back into that one. We'll discuss it all on the Locked on Syracuse podcast. You are locked on Syracuse. Your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Syracuse podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen every single weekday. We are here with you guys. Today's episode is brought to you by RunYourPool.com. If you want to play against us for a shot at a cash prize, join us at RunYourPool.com slash Locked On. And while you're there, create your own pool for your family and friends. Enter Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. So, Ty, Jimmy Beheim, huge game. It's an odd game in the sense that Jimmy has 27. Like, what if I told you maybe four, three weeks ago that Jimmy Beheim will be carrying the team on the road at Notre Dame, Samir Torrance and Barama Sidibe will be in the closing lineup, Like, it just didn't really feel like this is what we were expecting when we laid out this game. And I was worried about the three-point shooting for Notre Dame, but it ended up being just Paul Atkinson turning into Shaq and the rebounding battle being a huge part. Feels like we haven't had one of those in a while, right? We're opposing big man who has had a, a solid season but isn't someone superb or fantastic goes off and puts together a performance like that. It's been a while. I can't really even remember one that, that sort of blows me away from this season. Um, but you look back at last night, and if Jimmy Beheim scoring 27 points for you, you have to win that basketball game. Plain and simple. If you're going to get that sort of offensive output from him, it is going to negate any sort of defensive lack thereof on the other end because 27 points is 27 points. He was fantastic in this game and probably should have had a few more buckets too. Just got a couple of untimely rolls at, at certain points, but I mean, he was great. He's been great the past couple games really. And yeah, it's just a shame that Syracuse goes out and loses a game like this, Buddy played pretty well, could have shot better from three, but for the most part played a really solid game as well. I mean, you just need more production elsewhere. You had guys that were not engaged offensively. I thought the centers played really poorly in this game as well. Mm-hmm. And th- this game sort of set up for Jimmy Beheim to play well. We talked about it yesterday when we were previewing Notre Dame. There's no interior presence from a defensive standpoint that they were going to punch back at you with. And who ultimately was the interior scorer in this game? It was Jimmy Beheim. I mean, he goes nine for 13 from two in this game. You kind of, we, we should have seen this coming from uh, maybe not 27 points level good, right. but we like in terms of leading score, when we're doing that in prop shop, like this should have been something we could have seen coming because there isn't going to be a lot of interior pushback from Notre Dame. Yeah. I thought they did a good job game planning a little bit. I did they too. switched everything Notre Dame meaning, and I guess Syracuse to an extent as well, because they identified that Jimmy was the matchup to take advantage of in this game because Notre Dame switches everything. So they don't have a rim protector, like you said, and Jimmy was able to get to the rack. And Notre Dame was basically like, all right, we're going to try and take out Buddy on the wing. And they made an adjustment after Cormac Ryan couldn't really defend him in the first half, threw some different guys on him. They also said, let's, you know, stay on Cole Swider. And that's why Jimmy is effective because almost the same conversation we had with Jesse, 
when you switch and no one's willing to come help, he can drive. And he's kind of one of the only guys that can take advantage of a switch and drive past his man. And he gets a little crafty in the lane and makes shots. I do think the fan base has to give him a little bit more credit for 27 points. I tweeted out something like, you know, we haven't been the biggest Jimmy fans all year long, but we're going to acknowledge when he goes 20 points, 27 points, he scored 15 in each of the first two halves here. I, a lot of the Twitter conversation then changes from giving him credit to, Oh, he shouldn't be shooting that much. He needs to get more rebounds. Like, Let's think about it this way. If Jesse Edwards or a, a player that the fan base adores or likes went out and put up 27-7 and was 10 for 18, we're all praising it. So there's yeah. no reason to not give him credit. And his biggest bugaboo, too, has been at the free throw line. He goes six for eight. Like, you'll take yeah. that and run to the bank with it, especially at that volume. I, I'm with you. And it gets back to the conversation that we have every single time when there's Syracuse fans complaining about a Bayheim taking too many shots. Like, who else do you want right. taking these shots? I mean, Joe was a nothing in this game. We'll get to Joe because this was one of his worst performances of the season. Frank did not shoot the ball once. I don't think it really warranted him to shoot the ball once in this game. It's four well, on five when he's out there on offense. At least you, yeah. he wasn't given much on defense in the first. You half. want Parama taking those shots? Hell no. Hell no. I mean, like, and then Buddy took 17 shots in this game. So that's high volume for him, too. So it's like, who do you want taking these shots? Cole took 10. That's a healthy number of shots for Cole. And Cole played all right in this game. I don't think Cole was awful. But he just doesn't get to his shot. It's sort of weird. I, I don't, like, have a critique about it, but I feel like there's several games where it relies on Jimmy and Buddy because they're just better at creating their own shot. Another thing that I couldn't help but think during this game, too, is... This is a big what if Jesse game. This is a yeah. really big because we what you're seeing Jimmy do, like we could have seen Jesse Edwards go off for 20, 22, 25 in this game because there was no interior presence. Jesse could have bullied down low and dunked over guys all game long. He could have. And, and to a degree, that's part of what makes seeing Frank have a, a zero, zero shots even in this game a little frustrating because you'd imagine he could have gotten a couple dunks somewhere sprinkled throughout this game. I'm not saying he had to go out there and get you 12, 15 points, but he should have had at least six to eight in this game. No doubt in my mind. And you just look at Jesse and you almost took it for granted, but he had eight or more points in 21 of the 24 games he played. And remember one of those games is the one where he hurts his wrist against Boston college has a zero. Mm -hmm. It's like, he, he, he displayed he played in that game. He didn't even feel the wrist injury till after. So bro, he just, you, but you have to imagine it, it played some sort of factor. Yeah, it was more the whether whether, trouble, whether anyway. it was adrenaline or whatever. He played what 13, 15 minutes or something in that game. Regardless, 21 of 24 games where he scored at least eight points. That and you just got a, an absolute nothing out of the center. You saw two inspired minutes from each center, and that was about it in this game. Everything else was really lackluster. Yeah, we'll talk about the centers in a second because that is a big takeaway from this game. Finishing up on the Jimmy thing, I feel like, you know, I really want Benning to be good as well, just as much as the next guy. I feel like everyone is upset at Jimmy throughout the season for reasons that aren't Jimmy's fault. They're upset because he shouldn't be a starting forward. He doesn't have what is equipped to play in the 2-3 zone. That's all true. But at the same time, like this whole, it's just because he's not a great starting forward doesn't mean that he shouldn't be the starting forward on this right. team. And we're seeing that 
you know, Jim Beheim has said all season long that he's exceeded his expectations. We can't get mad at Jimmy specifically because he has kind of exceeded my expectations. I didn't think he'd have 27 in a game against Notre Dame on the road this year. And part of that is that he's allowed to take more shots and it's not a great thing if he's your number one guy. But I guess what I'm saying is don't get mad at Jimmy when he's the one that's taking a lot of shots. It's more a problem of Syracuse's recruiting and everything that he's forced to take a lot of shots and that Joe Girard didn't give you anything in this game. And Jesse's out, so now Jimmy has to be a focal point of the offense. Yeah, don't hate the player, hate the rest of the roster, and hate right. how it got constructed. Like, that's the problem here. And listen, yeah, you're not going to go very far if he's your number one, your number two. It's just, it's not going to happen. And yeah, I know we get on this show and say, hey, we'd love to see Benny start, but Benny hasn't done anything to warrant starting no. this year. And so, like, the, the conversation of, well, okay, who else are you going to put out there? Like, th there is no competition. It, there really isn't right now. It, it's the and same thing. And we're seeing why Frank at the forward wouldn't work either. I know that became a huge talking point after Virginia Tech, and yeah. we said, should you buy or sell Frank stock? Well, you should have sold it because he's not playing great in these last three games. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where he's needed like a warm-up, and we'll get into Frank a little bit more. But like the, the whole thing with Jimmy, you're right. He has exceeded expectations, and – it's just one of those things, though, where expectations adjust on the fly. And if you told me at the beginning of the season, Jimmy Beheim was going to have multiple games where he scores 20 points, I probably would not have bought it. I would have said, wow, if he does that, this Syracuse team is probably going to be pretty good. But you see what happens on the defensive side of the ball with him and getting lost and out there on defense. And that again, takes away, bites away at some of the scoring production that he has. But at the end of the day, 27 points is 27 points. He's been better than you could have asked for this season. And I, I think if you had asked us at the beginning of the year who would be the starting forward at this point in the season, we would have said, or at least we would have hoped, it would have been Benny Williams. And we just are so far from that point right now that yeah. like, you, you cannot get mad at Jimmy Beheim because there's no better option out there there really isn't that you just cannot get mad at him for it all right we'll get into the center play the rebounding struggles in just a little bit but march madness is exactly three weeks away from today will be that first big thursday that means you need to start thinking about now about where you're going to be running your brackets this year are you going for the usual or are you looking for the best we've done our homework here and we're running brackets with run your pool Com. Along with standard brackets, Run Your Pool offers game types like Survivor or Pick X, both really fun in their own way. They have options to edit scoring, and they offer more intel to make your picks, all stuff you won't find at ESPN or CBS. If you've got a business, Run Your Pool can help you take some of that madness magic and play alongside your employees or even gain customers. Plus, they offer full customer support, custom branding, and one of the easiest three-minute setups you'll ever find. Very easy to use. Clearly, we believe Run Your Pool because, like I said, we're running our brackets there ourselves. There's no truer test than that. If you want to play against us for a shot at a cash prize, join us at runyourpool.com backslash locked on. And while you're there, create your own pool for your friends and family. Enter Pure Madness, all one word, at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. All the rules and details will be available there. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on. For your chance to win a cash prize, we look forward to seeing and beating you there. Again, remember, Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool there. 
So the rebounding issues in this game, it was not what I expected. 41 to 28, Notre Dame wins the rebounding battle. At the end of the first half, they're up 23 to 10. And they entered this game, we talked about it on Ken Palm, 340th in the country in uh, offensive rebound rate. So that's out of what, 356, 57 teams, something like that. It's got to be the worst in the ACC at offensive rebounding. They're usually just trying to get back. But as I started to say earlier, I feel like Mike Bray, the Notre Dame coaching staff, said, you know what, Jesse's out of the game. Let's actually try to get some rebounds in this game. Let's change up our philosophy there. Maybe he didn't even say that. Either way, it worked, and Paul Atkinson turned into Shaq. And you're just not going to win games like that against a team that's hypothetically better than you, your road underdogs. You can't lose the rebounding battle by that much. It almost felt like we were watching Syracuse of the past two or three years because this hasn't been a problem as much this year. No, and you you got killed on the boards in this game. 41-28, I don't even think, tells the full story of how truly bad it was. I mean – Paul Atkinson goes out there and gets 17 and he splits them too. nine on offense, eight on or eight on offense, rather nine on defense. And that right there in and of itself just kind of tells the story of the game where you've got a guy who hasn't been a dominant rebounding force on the offensive glass all season long. And he goes out there and puts together this sort of Herculean effort, this all American type effort against this team. And, it just came down to you did not have the physicality inside. Paul Atkinson played physical as all hell. And what yeah. I saw in this game was he, there's a guy who's a, a graduate transfer going up against a sophomore, a redshirt sophomore who barely played last year, a redshirt freshman, I should say, that barely played last year. That's what it came down to. One guy was super experienced, knew every little trick of the trade, and the other guy didn't. And th- this is hopefully a growing moment for Frank because he might ne- he's going to have a couple of these these next couple of games. I didn't think it was going to come in this game. It's certainly going to come next game against Duke. Yeah. And it's certainly going to come the game after that against UNC. I just didn't expect to have one of those in this particular game against uh, Notre Dame. It was very concerning considering what we've got left on the schedule here. Next two games are a lot better big men than Paul Atkinson. I think Paul Ma- Paul Atkinson's a fine player, but. I don't know. I guess not 20 and 17. Good. Yeah. If you're an Ivy league coach and you're trying to persuade, uh, you know, one of your players to make the leap to power five to a power five coach to show them this game. Cause Paul Atkinson, Jimmy Beheim just carried the way in an ACC game, which might say more about the ACC this year than anything. But I thought it was going to come down to the threes in this game. Notre Dame shoots at 11 for 33 from three. They did have that huge one from hub. That was pretty much a backbreaker. Weird second half because I felt like Cuse was out of it. Then I looked up at the under four. They're only down two, and you're like, whoa, I mean, we might actually win this game. And then the first play out of the under four, I believe it was, was Hub, great defense all around, two seconds left on the shot clock, just throws it like 100 feet in the air, and it goes in the basket. Great shot by him, but it felt like once that went in, it was like, okay, now we're officially dead. Like, they're not yeah, making mean, that and losing the game. It was a – yeah, you're, you're right in that, and, and – it was a 10 point loss, but it wasn't a 10 point loss. Like we've talked about this before where sometimes there are games where the margin of victory doesn't necessarily dictate what the, the actual flow of the game was like, this was a 10 point loss that felt more like four to five in all reality. Like at the, at the, I think with a minute left, it was a three point game still. Yeah. So it's still one possession. And then you just kind of get free throw to death down the end, but getting back to the rebounding here. I mean, there was just no physicality inside. And like, sure, Frank had eight rebounds, but how many came in that stretch of like the first four minutes of the second half? Like you did not get an inspiring 
effort out of your centers in this game outside of each of them putting together like two minutes. Barama got bullied down low. Frank obviously got bullied down low. It was just ugly. I mean, there were foul troubles on with both of the guys as well. Frank gets four. Brahma gets three. Like, if you can't keep a center on the floor, and we saw at times you would see uh, Jim Beheim opt to go with the the small lineup too, and that sure as hell didn't work either. And no, it's not going to work the next two games. It's either. not going to work. So the, Frank, yeah. he's the key going forward, and it's a right. bummer because he probably just isn't quite at the stage where he can be relied on night in and night out. He's a little young for that, and I don't know. I mean, Jim Beheim, the more the season passes. Jimmy scoring 27, having a good game. Frank, who he played six, seven minutes throughout the season, and that got criticized. Jesse was clearly way better than him so far, at least. I mean, he had a great first game, and then the conversation became, oh, maybe he's been playing Frank too little. But it's odd. He just doesn't start these games well. And you think that he would be jacked up, ready to go. And then, as Jim Boeheim said post-game, he said something like, I've been coaching for 100 years or something. And I've never had to tell a guy to jump and he just doesn't jump for some rebounds and he's got to be more physical. I did not expect us to have this much of a dip rebounding and defensively in the interior without Jesse. I thought offensively for sure was going to be a huge dip and that's where we're going to feel it. But after he had 15 rebounds against Virginia tech, I think I said something like he could average double digit rebounds and he's had pockets where he looks like a guy that's on his way to averaging that. But it's just not consistent throughout the game. He's not playing with that same passion going for the boards for all 25 minutes. He's out there, which is a problem. You look at the first four minutes. If you were to cut up like the Frank Anselm highlight reel, you're looking at the first four or so minutes that he's in to start the second half. You tweeted this out where Bayheim must have chewed Frank's ass out yeah. at halftime because <laughs> he looked like a different player. He, I mean, right. that was a ferocious physical rebounder. He got a couple of really tough rebounds and had a nice block as well in like the first two, three minutes of that second half. But outside of that, he was a nothing for you. He didn't even shoot the ball in this game, which that's a problem in and of itself. I mean, this should be a guy, especially against this Notre Dame team who like Paul Atkinson was good, but it's not like he's a guy who's Frank should be able to out elevate Paul Atkinson, right? It, like no doubt in my mind from an athleticism standpoint, there should have been a couple of lobs in place for a team that does not have the interior presence that Notre Dame has. There, there just should have been. And there's nothing that, that suggests that you can do that with Frank right now on the offensive side. But again, it gets into the great what if. What if Jesse Edwards was there? Because defensively, yeah. I, I think Paul Atkinson still has a good game, but I, it's not 20 and 17. And I, I look at some of the other factors too that, that could have played into this. And yeah, like Joe Girard was really bad. And, like, this is a game Syracuse could have had. They played pretty well for, for the most part, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, but you just look at all of the different things, and, like, Barama gave you nothing in this game. Frank gave you nothing in this game. I would say he gave you nothing. I mean, he gave you probably what Frank gave you and maybe a little bit better. For, for a stretch there in the second half, Barama was pretty good. I think I, for expectations, he, he looks. Was, he, he looks slow out there to me right now. Well, yeah, I think I think the knees are starting. I know, but you're going to need that against some of these guys that can can play well in the interior. And listen, it's not his fault. I'm just saying it's not enough. It's not enough right now for the center position. Well, I guess what I'm saying is for expectations, Frank's our starter. Barama's our bench piece that's been hurt for a while. Barama played 
an okay game. Frank played a poor game for his expectations. For me, it falls way more on Frank. And no, it when does. You're looking at the for center me, group as a whole, listen, he needs to step up. I think, yeah, I'm with you, Frank, in terms of an expectations. But I, I still, both of these players played below what any the expectation of having to be out there is right now. Like, I don't care if you're the backup. I don't care if you've dealt with it. Like, if you've dealt with injuries, if you're playing out there, if you are healthy enough to play, you have to show me something out there. And neither of these guys showed me enough out there in this game. Yeah, I, I agree with that. They didn't show enough, but Brahma was better than giving you nothing, I think. I, I didn't see much out there from Brahma. A lot of, <laughs> he had three fouls in 16 minutes. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? And that's the other thing. Like, Jesse... If he was good in this game, he probably would have been enough to maybe put us over the hump and win this game. But maybe Jesse would have gotten in foul trouble, and then we're sitting here. And, and it's weird because Notre Dame, we laid out, doesn't really get guys in foul trouble, but it doesn't matter right now. The way these centers are playing, yeah. they it's a huge drop-off, at least in the past couple games, from having Jesse Edwards out there. And it's only going to get tougher when you look ahead at the rest of the schedule. It just doesn't seem like... Barama has one of his huge games or Frank has a big game on paper against Duke or, or North Carolina. That's the toughest two centers in the league. Probably. You know, what's going to be the most frustrating outcome of all of this. Here's the most frustrating outcome is that we're going to have to forever live with the what if game of Jesse. I yeah, listen at the end that. of the day, at the end of the day, he's not going to make the difference between him missing this final stretch of games is not going to make the difference between Syracuse making the tournament or not. Even with Jesse Edwards, they were going to miss the tournament. But it's going to become that great what if. Like it, It's going to parallel what we saw at the end of 2020 when they started to play better basketball at the end. And even though they were destined to miss the tournament, people are going to say, well, got canceled. We were playing our best basketball. We just killed yeah. UNC, and now we had a big game against Louisville. If we won that one, we're probably in. No, it was, it was going to be a little more complicated than that. This, yeah, this I is can hear great, Jim Beheim. This is going to be the great what now. if yeah. we're going to have to deal with. He's going to be laying out the scenario, well, you know, 2015, we took ourselves out of the tournament. I think if we didn't do that, we would have made it. 2020, we were playing great ball, and then COVID happened. Yeah. 2022, we started to play well, and then Jesse got hurt. He's going to have what? all those excuses. The answer yeah. is no, no, no for all three <laughs> of us. You were not going to make the tournament any of those years. Right, and also injuries happen. All, all these teams, yeah. I know NC State is a disaster, but they lose Manny Bates, like, this is Florida just part State. of basketball. Like Florida State's yeah. the perfect example of that. You think you've got it bad with losing Jesse. Look at who Florida State's lost this year. Right. They've lost yeah, three just, starters. Look at Miami the past three years. They've been down. Notre Dame as well has been down injuries. So you have some good years injury-wise. You have some bad years. When you play six, seven guys and you don't have a ton of talent that you've recruited or accumulated, and a lot of guys have left your program, so you're thin, then it looks even worse when you lose one guy. It shouldn't be that big of a deal if you lose one center, but it is when you don't really have the next guy ready to step up or you haven't recruited great and you haven't played the bench enough maybe so that they're not ready to go. But Can yeah, you imagine it's, it's, if Frank had transferred? Like what a dire situation. And you probably bring someone in in the portal, but what this situation would look like right now, if Jesse, I don't know if it down. looked that much different. I mean, Barama has been just as good as Frank the past three games, but they haven't been good. That's the no, thing. But, and, and, and I guess it would like, just be Barama and Jimmy probably. Right. And, and Barama, like for what, like 
he cannot play 20. I don't think physically he can play 20 minutes. Right. I, I And that, that'd be such a disaster to have beyond. No, that. it would. You would have had to have ads added someone for sure. Um, but Frank's just got to play better going forward. That's, that's the big thing. And, and they both do. is what he is. Yeah. So, all right. Well, football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. We've got all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. That's all over at betonline.net. It's the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, we've left it off for too long. we got to talk about Joe Girard, who Mm -hmm. turned into Sienna Joe again. Just similar to that Virginia game where Kihei Clark guarded him, the one at home this year, I guess the only Virginia game this year, where it wasn't so much that he was coughing the ball up and whatnot. He just was not really in the game from the beginning to the end. And he doesn't close in this game. Felt like some of those games last year where he struggled and Kadari came in, but this time it was Samir who did some nice things when he got in there. He's got really good at finishing at the rim. Yeah, much, much improved. I mean, sure. th- you Which talk about one of the unheralded developments of the season. It is his ability to get to the rim and finish. I- I've been yeah. thoroughly impressed with his improvement there. He's got a couple of spots that once he gets to that spot and once he tries that certain shot, he gets you know downhill. Going yeah. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. he's kind of got a couple moves that he's mastered. It's almost similar to how Buddy just gets to his spot and elevates. And you kind of know that that's his game and that's where he's trying to get to. For Joe Girard, though, 26 minutes, two points, one for seven from the floor. In a post-Jesse Edwards world, he just has to give you more on offense. And I know you have good games, you have bad games. It's a long season. That's the case that Jim Beheim will make is overall he's been pretty good and everyone has ups and downs here. But it's a little frustrating when there's been games this year, there was – the pit game where Samir was out, where he's a zero. There's this game that is, I would say, the biggest game of the year to date. Now it'll mm-hmm. probably be Duke because the goalposts just sort of shift. But I would say this is, you know, quad one right before Duke. This was our last gasp at sort of we're not in auto bid territory. And he goes one for seven and 0 for four from three. Like, what are, you know, you got to be better than that in that in this type of game. Well, you talk about how he just didn't look engaged. I mean, you watch that game. He's not moving out there. No, body the language when, is bad. Yeah. yeah. It's like he he passes the ball and then he just sort of stands and drifts and hovers and doesn't do anything to try to get open off the ball. And maybe that's a product of the Syracuse isolation-based offense. But it's also, I mean, you see Cole running off of screens. You see Buddy running off of screens. You're a shooter, Joe. You got to run off of some screens here. You got to get moving around the perimeter. You have to get going. This can't be just a, oh, I'm just going to sit here and and try to lull my defender to sleep and then try to catch him napping. He just right. didn't look engaged. You're, you're 100% spot on there. He He's not moving off the basketball, and that's something that good shooters should want to do. They should want to be moving and try to get to an open spot. And for that to happen in, in a game of this magnitude, when you talk about it, like, this is to date the biggest game of the year. Like this wasn't just the biggest game. Of the, like this could have been the final nail 
to to completely remove all chances of now okay you have to go out and win the ACC tournament because now you're looking at two quad one win opportunities for the rest of the season doesn't look like anything's going to move in terms of your prior victories it is this is dire times and you didn't show up in the biggest matchup against who I would characterize as maybe Joe Girard's biggest rival too when we talk about the history that he has with Prentice Hub and guess who went out and hit a big shot in this game Prentice Hub yeah. That like Prentice Hub wasn't good either. He wasn't good either, but he hit he, hit, yeah. he hits the big shot, and that should be enough to light a fire under your ass, too. Yeah, he wasn't even out there at that stage of the game, I guess. Right. It was it's too late. Just, it's really bizarre that I mean, we say it all the time. Every time we do the prop shop, I think it's mostly just us trying to talk ourselves into it, but you'll say something like, Oh, it's Notre Dame. This is a game that he will get up for. And it's just tough to figure out when he plays well and when he plays Because he does poorly. play well. Like he, right. Leading into this game, he had had a really strong stretch of what, like six or seven games? He really had. And yeah. then it's this game that, that ultimately flops, and it's the biggest game Georgia of that Tech, entire he stretch. Was not he was all right either. against Georgia Tech, yeah. but he was like coming off of a really hot stretch where he was shooting like 53% from three, averaging like 16 right. points. Like That was it, the most dominant Joe Girard stretch we've seen of his career. Yeah, and he's had ebbs and flows with the shooting, which is normal this year, but overall, he shot the basketball really well. So I guess what we're saying is, you know, like if, looking at it from a golfer's perspective, because I love to do that, Tiger would win with his B game. He'd win with his C game, right? There's mm -hmm. certain there's a trait to a golfer that if you don't have it that week, turn a miscut into a top 20. Just be better with your... C game, make your C game, not your F game. And that's what he really needs to improve on. I think it's mental. It's just staying in it. Body language has to be better, have to be hungrier. And I get that it's an isolation based offense. And sometimes if they're guarding him tight, he's not going to get to his shots, but find other ways to contribute. Just be a little bit more active out there in the zone, show a little more energy. That's the part that bothers me. It's just the slump shoulders. The body language was noticeably down in this game when they were right in a game that they had to win on the road and they really needed him to win that game and you think too even little things matter like movement matters within these offenses you move off to the the weak side and now when buddy starts to drive middle maybe your defender can't get over and help out a little bit more because they still have to to check you because you are a good shooter. Yeah, no one it's helps. Just, That's the problem. It's just little There's no driving kick. Right. <laughs> it's just little things like that where simple movements can make a world of a difference within an offense that has this many good shooters. And we talk about this with Cole all the time. One of the reasons why I've been a little bit higher on Cole than most this season is when people take away his rock, he still has a paper and scissors that he can go to. He can go out and get you some rebounds. He can go out and get you a couple steals. But it's it's Joe, it's Buddy. It's like when people take away your rock, what's your paper and scissors? And Joe has not shown a paper and scissors this year. He really hasn't. And it's one of those things. You're the point guard of this team. All right. Listen, off nights shooting happen, all right? It, they happen. I, I'm not going to get mad at you going one for seven in this game. What I am going to get mad at you is you not doing anything else to try to help your team win because there are pl plenty of opportunities for you to help your team win in other ways in this basketball game. Yeah. Hopefully he bounces back against Duke. It probably is due for more of a Syracuse, Syracuse Geo performance now, but it's, it's puzzling, it's frustrating, and we needed more from him last night for sure, but... That's going to wrap things up for a Notre Dame recap. We will be back with you guys later on today, probably getting you ready for Duke. We'll try and drop that this afternoon and we'll get you ready for what is 
again, the biggest game of the season now to date because it's Coach K final game inside the Dome. Should be the biggest crowd of the year. So still looking forward to that game. We'll have all the details on that. Subscribe to the show if you haven't already, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Oh,